It's time for Inside the L, the podcast covering all things LaSalle athletics and taking you behind the scenes. This Inside the L podcast is presented by Metropolitan Flag. For over 90 years, Metropolitan Flag and Banner Company has been a premier manufacturer of flags, banners, signs, cut vinyl, and graphics. They provide prompt and friendly service to the Philadelphia community. Email sales at metflag.com to place your order today. Welcome back to Inside the L. I'm your host, Greg Caserta, a special St. Patrick's Day episode, and it's my pleasure to welcome somebody that you're probably familiar with, Renee Washington, sports broadcaster extraordinaire for ESPN and Fox Sports. Most importantly, a LaSalle Hall of Athletic or at LaSalle Hall of Athletes member and a former All-American soccer player for the Explorers. And uh, it's great to have you on. Nice to see you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the great introduction, Greg. I'm happy to be here. So you are now a Hall of Famer. Does hearing that still make you smile? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, It's weird because, and I talked about this many, I've talked about this many times, but like, I didn't know this was on my radar. You know, this isn't something when you set out and you have goals as a kid to do, this was not one of them. So it's exciting and it's surreal. And honestly, um, just a reminder of all the great people, coaches, teammates, um, family members, friends that have helped me get to this point. But it's definitely something that I don't know if will ever fully make sense to me. Um, Just so exciting. So that's perfect that you bring that up because I was curious how you found out that you were being inducted and then what was the lead up like and how emotional was everything leading into the ceremony? Yeah, um, I don't know that it fully ever hit me. Like I had a um, call with Coach Royal, Paul um, and Courtney, um, but Coach Nemec and Coach Royal, I guess you can call them, and um, Kale, who spoke with me and shared the exciting news and even leading up to it. It never really fully hit me. Um, I I find myself just kind of taking things in, in stride. I try not to get too high. I try not to get too low. Um, I'm always appreciative of any opportunity, honor, award that I've received over the years. But um, I also use it as a reminder that there's more to do. You know, like this is this is exciting. I'm thrilled by it. And there's more work to be done. Um, so I like I don't think I even excuse me, fully grasp just how exciting it is until the day of. Maybe not emotionally, but what was the first memory that came flooding back? Something from your playing career. What was the first thing that stood out uh, when you found out about the honor? Yeah, um, it's interesting because (laughs) my, my first initial response was so cliche of who I am because I found out and it was November or so. And I had just in my schedule for the upcoming season. So I knew I had ESPN games on the, on the dock. And then also I knew February was a time that my sister was supposed to be having my niece. Um, so the day that the ceremony was, was originally the day after. So my niece was supposed to be born February 4th. The event was February 5th. So my first initial thought actually was not even back to my own career, but I'm like, whoa, my whole family might not be able to be there. Whoa, I don't even know if I'll be able to be there. I might have to work. Um, right. So even just a very young and workaholic mindset of myself of like, but I'm supposed to be doing an ESPN game that day. What am I supposed to do? Like, still not even realizing the magnitude 
of how exciting all this is. Um, because again, like it never was about the accolades for me. You know, I, I'm so appreciative of them, but I'm just doing what I love even to this day. So, you know, I think back over the championships and NCAA tournaments and the exciting games like pack the Mac and even the terrible times that I had, um, you know, the, whether it was a loss or a bad experience, um, or even just injuries and, and mental hurdles and challenges that I had to work through, it still is surreal because that time flew by. And so to now be an alum looking back as a Hall of Famer and, the, you know, and being inducted into the Hall of Athletes, it still to me is surreal because I, my playing career now is at the point where I've become the when back in my day, when I used to play type mm-hmm. of alum. So um, this is kind of just that reminder and keeping me connected to that side, that chapter of my life, which feels like forever ago now. And it hasn't even been that long, um, especially since I still work in sports. I think for me, a lot of people now are starting to see me more as Renee, the sports reporter. They don't know me as Renee, the soccer player. So it's even interesting to see that switch of like, no, no, it all started on the soccer field. It did not start on a microphone or in front of a camera. So I think for me, for me, the emotional like reflection process I kind of went through was first that like, I have other, I still have, I have to work. What am I supposed to do? Is my family going to be there? Um, but then even just helping me go back to all that led to this moment, which is, has been a lot. And so all the memories came flooding back, to be honest. <laughs> I think another subtle reminder of how time flies, especially when you're having fun is now you're an aunt. You have a one-month-old niece. How amazing has that been? It's still early on, but I have three young nieces, and that's always a very special time. Yeah, and I have a four-year-old nephew, so that was my first um, induction into aunthood. Um, But now having a little niece is even more special because, you know, you have for me, a lot of what I do is not about me, you know, and, and I, I know I've talked about this before many times, but it really isn't. I, I enjoy the opportunities to hear from the next generation or parents who tell me their kids have been inspired by me or they want to be like me. And to now have somebody that I call family that can directly look up to me. Um, I have cousins. I have, you know, I have a lot of aunts, uncles and relatives that definitely are appreciative of what I do, but it's different when it's your, your sister's child, you know, that's, and, and I'm very close with my family. So like, I actually just saw them yesterday. I was just with them. Um, so it's very special because it just gives me even more excitement and pride and knowing that what I'm doing is helping to change not only strangers, but also the people that, that matter so much to me. And hopefully, you know, my nephew now plays, soccer, baseball, he's getting into sports, you know, my niece one day will hopefully as well be playing um, and trying out different sports. So now I've become the aunt on the sideline, uh, the aunt that is driving to the little kids practices and at swim class and stuff. So it's, it's cool to be a part of that next transition, um, especially as someone that even coached for so long that now I'm Mm. able to step away and just fully be immersed in this new role. That's been exciting for sure. So, you know, all about having nieces and little ones that look up to you. I'm going to see them tonight. It's going to be the highlight of uh, getting together with my in-laws. No disrespect to them, but uh, I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big kid. So I end up sitting at the kids table and uh, we have a good time. Now, I know you have a lot of projects, a lot of irons in the fire. We'll get into some of those in a little bit. But now with the spring season upon us, what's on the horizon for you uh, when it comes to on-air work? 
actually have a lot of new exciting things coming up. Um, haven't officially announced anything yet, some new opportunities, uh, but I have been fortunate to work with, as you mentioned, in the open um, ESPN and Fox Sports. So that's kept me really connected to the college and professional game, basketball. Um, I've worked in DC, the DC area with the Mystics, Wizards, the Washington Commanders, and now, um, and of course, also the Philadelphia Union and the MLS. So I'm excited because a chapter, a window is closing and a, a much larger door is opening. So uh, a lot of new things on the horizon this upcoming spring. And even for me in this moment, it's still that uh, reality check of like, this is actually happening. These are goals that I set out. Now, these are goals that I set out to do. And here we are. It's actually coming into fruition. So um, it's, it's crazy because I was just having a conversation. Someone's mentioning, well, your teams are getting into their they're off season. Are things slowing down? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Slow down. Like never, ever. things are crazier than ever actually right now. So it's, it's only getting way more hectic, um, which is why I've been trying to take time to actually slow down because I know what's the chaos is going to bring soon. So some exciting, um, job changes, new opportunities that I will be releasing that I'm looking forward to getting even more involved in professional sports coverage and content and, Staying booked and busy, but now also being out at games and events will be awesome. Um, even more, I should say, to be able to have those opportunities. I saw an interview that you did uh, leading into the Hall of Athletes ceremony. You mentioned that you were in the process of writing a book. Uh, I'm curious what the story is and how has that creative process been for you? Yeah, writing is one of my first loves. Um, I was the kid that when we were assigned a paper to do in school or like uh, <laughs> any sort of written assignment. I like loved it and was always excited to have a chance to really put words on paper that evoked some sort of like response or emotion or being able to paint a picture. So I've loved the fact that around the pandemic, uh, one of the things that I've shifted to do and pivoting is getting more in touch with who I am as a writer. And I've had a lot of things that I'm doing now ironic as I'm talking them out loud and they're actually happening are things that have been in the works for years. You know, writing is one of them where I've been wanting to be more involved in writing for many, many years, but just didn't know how to get started or what that looked like. So I'm actually writing self-help books. Uh, for me, I am someone that I don't feel like my, like, I love self-help books. I love to read. I love, um, being able to read, like read and, and learn through someone else's eyes and, and their lens. And I don't think my life is that exciting right now where somebody would want to read an entire biography about me, but sure. I can use my experiences to help share insight and things that I've learned to help others. So that's kind of the direction I'm going right now. I actually have a few books I'm working on um, because as anybody knows, I cannot just do one thing at once. I'm constantly like doing multiple things. So um, as I'm like writing one book, I'm like, I got an idea for another book. And so I'm like, uh, just, just in, in the process fully. Uh, so the first one should be getting released any day now. I keep saying that, but it's, it's happening. This, this is the year. Um, and then the second one shouldn't be too far afterwards. So excited to happen in that life as well as an author of being able to have things that now can beyond me for many, many years, still be able to impact other people. So Renee, I'm curious because it seems like you keep yourself very busy, very preoccupied. <laughs> when you have a little downtime, is there a point where it gets to become 
too much and you feel the need to create because it's counterproductive to your mindset? Like, do you find that, hey, I've got a vacation coming up. And then by the end of that break, you're kind of stir crazy because you haven't been able to generate content or just express yourself? Um, the, the hardest part is that I feel like I'm a creative mind and it just doesn't shut off. So mm. I always try to stress and be very upfront and like, this did not just start overnight. This isn't something that started in reporting. It actually started for as long as I can remember, where it's kind of always been my mantra that I like to not stay busy. I like to do I like to do a lot of different things. I'm very passionate about a lot. And I remember when I got started in reporting, I was told that like, I'm doing too much and I can't do all the things I wanted to do. And now I can openly say I'm a motivational speaker. I'm an author. I'm a sports reporter. I'm a business owner. And these are things that I'm actually doing. And I was told I can't. So um, for me, it's really just the fact that I don't want to just be average. I don't want to just do the bare minimum. You know, that's, that's really, to me, that's boring. Anybody can wake up and do the same thing every day, but can you do something that's going to allow you to stretch and learn and even fail sometimes? So that's what drives me. And so when it comes down to the relaxation time, being off, taking that time, I enjoy it because it's like refueling for me. It's that chance where I can like binge watch a show or get away from my phone and like, read a book, go for a walk, go play a game, like, or something like that, and be able to shut off for a moment so that now when I do come back, I'm refreshed. And I fully am aware of the fact that, like, that's that's needed. And people ask me that all the time. How do you do it all? Well, because I also know that there have to be times where I'm not doing anything. <laughs> In order mm. to do all these things, I have to have times where I am shutting off. So, it's not easy. I'm still working on that too, but making sure, okay, in the course of a week, I'm going to have a day where I'm not on my computer. I'm not sitting at a, at a desk or I'm not writing something or working on something. And I am prioritizing myself, self-care, relaxing. Um, so finding what works for you. And even if it's like going for a walk for 10 minutes, just something to break up the routine helps me to keep going. So I absolutely um, am always thinking of things. And even if I am off, I'm not going to lie. I still have ideas that will pop up and I'm like writing something down or jotting something down in the notes section of my phone, which if anybody ever looked would think I'm psychotic for all the things I've written in my notes section. But that's where I've learned like, okay, get it out, write that idea out or whatever it may be, and then get back to relaxing and get back to whatever it was I was doing. So it's a challenge, but we're, we're working through it. I know your family means a lot to you. Like many of us who have gone into this business, we need that support system, whether it be family or friends, but based on all the things that you're doing and how, like you said, you're constantly looking to grow and evolve. Did you have any public figures who are inspirations, whether it be a politician, an athlete, a musician, were there any of those types of people that kind of helped push you, even though uh, they, they were celebrities. They were public figures that you didn't know personally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think from the personal aspects you talk about with family and friends, the biggest thing is I don't mind having the the pressure of being or not the pressure, but the um, being the one that's helping to lead. You know, and I was just watching, actually, ironically, before this, I was watching um, a self-help, <laughs> a TED Talk, and they were talking about, like, somebody's got to be the first domino. And I don't mind that being me. Like, I don't mind that pressure that comes with that of, like, I want to make a better world. And that starts with my own personal life. So I want to be the one that is 
you know, in, in these different spaces and showing others, including the people I love and care about most, what's, what's possible, what you can do. So I've had a lot of public and celebrity figures that I've read or watched. You know, I always say people like Michelle Obama, even actually I read Steve Harvey's book. Um, okay. And loved, loved it because I just like to hear the fact that everybody has, has these incredible stories. And that's what draws me to reporting, the storytelling aspect. Everybody has a story. We see one thing on social media. We see one thing on shows and podcasts and in our everyday lives. And you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. I, this past weekend was in, and I'm not saying this to, um, for any reason of, of pity or anything, but this past weekend was in a really bad car accident and my car was totaled and I'm lucky to be alive. People don't know that. Like I'm, I have, I only told a few people because I'm still trying to figure out the details of, of what's next, but a car ran a red light, hit my car. And that could be, could have been it for me. And here I am, you know, like there are so many things we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. So I don't have a specific individual person that I look up to as a role model in that sense, but I look up to everybody's story because it's, that's what's inspirational to me to see you on the big screen or or doing incredible things or accomplishing incredible things, knowing that there have been a lot of ups and downs that led to that. That's what drives me because I want that. I want to be that for somebody else, you know, and I want to have somebody else read or learn about me and realize, wow, you might see smiles and things on the outside, but on the inside, you have no idea what that person's really going through. So that's actually what motivates me because we all in life are working through something. We all have our challenges. We all have something that makes it tough for us to get out of bed in the morning. But at the end of the day, we're human and we're working towards bigger things. So if I can use my story, just like someone else's story helped me, that's the motivational piece that I am trying to kind of pay forward in that sense. So I can speak personally in my life. I enjoy being the shoulder to cry on, the ear to listen. I love being able to play amateur shrink, give my people (laughs) advice. However, I'm guilty of not being able to follow my own. Is that something that happens to you? I feel like we all are guilty of that for sure. Um, <laughs> like I can be Dr. Phil and then turn around and say something and not follow that exact same advice. It's hard to talk to talk and walk the walk. You know, it's hard to, it's easy to say to someone else something. It's hard to do that yourself. Um, and so when you have ideas or something you're working through and you can see it in someone else, it's hard to have that perspective and even the accountability to be able to see that in yourself and see your own faults. So that perspective honestly is key for me. You know, I'm, I'm a very present person in that I'm paying attention to everything that's going on, including myself. I think the hardest thing is, is not being aware of what's going on. It's having the confidence and ability to actually do it. Like, I know I would like to go to the the gym more or eat healthier or whatever it may be, but can you actually do it? So that's what has helped me out is knowing that the biggest successes in my life have come from those moments where I stopped procrastinating, stopped putting stuff off, stopped dismissing things and just do it. Just get, get up. And you want to go be healthier, go be healthier. You know, everybody wants something, but not everybody can do that something. Um, so yes, fully guilty of that. There are a lot of things. The gym example is real because I would like to go to the gym more. There are a lot of things that we're all still working on, but I've tried to pick like, okay, if there are 10 things I want to do better, I can't do all 10 of them at once. Let me just start with one. And one of those things is like balance. For example, I'm going to do something fun with a friend each week. 
check. So maybe I didn't get to the gym, but I did do something fun with a friend. So those Dr. Phil's and um, Oprah, whatever other person you want to draw into there for us that are those mini versions of, of a doctor and therapist and counselor and shoulder cry on the reminder that I've had to learn is you can't do everything. Just start small and you'll get better. We'll get closer. (laughs) As an on-air personality, what do you feel is your strongest attribute or best skill? Um, I think for me, it's because I try to find a creative spin. You know, I never want to be a carbon copy of anybody else. And I've studied and learned a lot from other on-air personalities and paid attention to questions and body language and gestures and things like that. But I just try to make sure that everything I'm going into, I'm pulling pieces of, okay, what have I liked? What didn't I like? Mm -hmm. What, what made me excited or what did I think was, could have been done differently and trying to find ways to continue to, to learn. So that when I look back on my past interviews or shows, um, anything that I've done, I can see that growth. And even though it's cringy looking back, I'm like, okay, I've definitely gotten better. So I try to continue to evolve even how I'm telling stories. You know, how am I speaking? What am I saying? What's the tone like? What are the questions and things like that that I'm asking or mentioning? But I, the biggest thing for me comes down to that creativity. This Sports are supposed to be fun. You know, that's why I'm not working in news. I did not like news. It's it's depressing. It's too much. It was not for me. Sports are supposed to be exciting. They're supposed to be fun. So how can I bring that excitement, but also that relatability that you feel like we're friends? You feel like it's a conversation between two friends, not an interview, not a show, but like you're sitting watching somebody in their living room have a, you know, chop it up about Tom Brady coming back to the NFL. You know, so I just try to find a spin on it that's creative but relatable within that too. And I, I think that could be my strength, not positive, but that's what I would strive to do with any piece of content I'm putting out. Among the things that you've done, you mentioned play-by-play. And as a play-by-play announcer, I'm always fascinated by how other people got their start in that and what your foray into that was like. Yeah, well, I'm clearly a talker. Um, so play-by-play for me, I basically already do. My family and friends like, all right, Renee. Like, I have to make sure I'm shutting that off because um, for me, it's it's something that does come natural in that sense of like, here's what I'm seeing and breaking that down. It actually is, but it is the hardest of, a, of all the different things I've done. So I've done sideline reporting, hosted shows. I've done color commentary. Play-by-play is, is challenging because you have, it's it's not just about what you're seeing, as you probably know, um, you're, you're adding in other reads. You have to make sure that you know, especially if it's a team you haven't been covering, you've got to know who's, who's on the court, who's on the field, who has the ball. Um, so for me, what helped me get into it was just saying yes. And I remember I was offered um, an opportunity. I've done play-by-play on the international level with soccer. I've done it locally. I've done it from high school all the way through. And it was intimidating, terrifying, but I also, although I don't want to be a play-by-play analyst and that's not my end goal, I do understand that there's a lot of lesson and learning that came within that. So um, there was an opportunity. I said yes. And then now I I will openly tell people, if you need someone to do play-by-play, I just did uh, play-by-play for lacrosse a couple of weeks ago. That was my first time actually ever doing play-by-play for lacrosse. And I was like, yep. I could do it. I'll figure it out. Um, so I think the for me as a whole, whether it's play by play or even just learning other sports since I've covered almost every sport 
at a college or professional level is just being okay with stepping out of my comfort zone. Like I'm not going to be perfect at play by play. It's probably one of my weakest areas in reporting, to be honest. Um, but I will try, I will get better. I will learn through it. And I feel like it does at least help give me perspective and insight um, as a, as an on-air personality as a whole, but it's a challenge. Since, <laughs> since March is women's history month, uh, Renee, how do you hope to inspire the next wave of young girls and young women, and maybe down the road, uh, your one-month-old niece. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool to think about. Um, I think for me, it's just understanding your worth and your value. You know, that's something that a lot of for women, especially, and everybody struggles with this. But for women, especially, it's tough. We live in such a shallow, unfortunately, world around um, what you look like, what your following's like, your body shape, how tall or short you are, your hair, your makeup, you know, everything, where people are constantly critiquing every aspect of you before they even have a conversation with you. So I think one of the biggest things for me as someone that also dealt with that is to be able to be real with everything I'm doing, you know, like I, I don't mind being authentic and you're going to see me like, that's why I'm in the sweatshirt right now with no makeup on. You're going to see me sometimes decked out. You're going to see me sometimes casual. You're going to like, I'm going to talk to you about the real, because unfortunately as a female, you see so many times where there's this like image, but it's not the reality. People don't wake up like that. You know, people aren't born like that. There's a lot that goes into it. And like I said earlier, everybody still is working through something. So my goal to inspire others, especially girls and women is the fact that you are beautiful. You are powerful. You're enough with whatever, who you, whoever you are. Um, and so through all of my work, you know, whether it's reporting or any of the other things that I'm doing, that's what I'm trying to really make sure I'm consistently hitting on is the fact that rather than us tearing each other down for what we think we look are, who we think we are, what we look like, let's, let's build each other up. Let's build support systems and communities and, and be each other's cheerleaders and be the shoulder to cry on even. Um, so for the, every female, especially for the next generation, such as my niece, my goal is to make it more okay to be your true authentic self without having to fear and worry and anything else, but to be you and, and be okay with who you are on the outside and inside. Fun one for you, for your final question here today on inside the L, uh, Renee, your ultimate goal in broadcasting, the event and your role on the broadcast, what would it be? Um, I've been asked this a few times and I still don't know an answer. Um, I definitely prefer being a host or an anchor. Um, I would love to, so I'd love to be involved in like international games. What I definitely am interested in is being involved in the Olympics that like the Olympics or the world cup. I think that'd be really cool. Um, I'd love to be a part of like more red carpet events and things like that, but I think I'd want to be on them, not just working them too. So I think for working as an on-air personality, I'd love to be the host or anchor of let's like how NBC covers the Olympics, like in that role of um, actively being involved on a global stage of what, you know, the best games and competition. I think that's, that would be it. That's wonderful stuff. And uh, we know that you have a bright present in front of you, but also a couple of exciting announcements coming soon. And uh, we look forward to seeing those when the time has come. So uh, Renee, thank you for spending a few minutes with us and I hope we can do it again soon. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to stay connected to LaSalle, which helped me get started on this path and take that next step. So thanks for having me. It's been fun reflecting back on a lot of these different experiences that led to this point. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Metropolitan Flag, for being a proud sponsor of LaSalle Athletics. We thank them for their continued support. To check out all the services that Metropolitan Flag has to offer, visit metflag.com products today.